This is gonna be fucking fun. Revolution Brewing, I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. You are in the hole with Major League A-Holes, presented by Revolution Brewing. We are in day 84 of the lockout, 83 or 84, 85, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, good, and we're pretty much where we started. Good year of hair metal that year. 84? 83, 84, yeah, that's good no. years of hair metal. 84 was the best year for the Detroit Tiger fans. Oh. Of course. I feel like you already... Didn't you already use that one? Episode 84. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, episode 84 it was. Okay. I knew it was recent. I'm like, I feel like I just heard that. This is episode 92 uh, of Major League Eagles in the Hole. Uh, Yes, we've got lockout talk to talk about. Uh, Unfortunately, there seems to be very little progress on that. Come on. They're talking every day. I do have actually some Cubs talk, a little bit of Tiger shit to talk about. Uh, You've got. Tiny bit of Giants news, and I've got a little bit of A's news to talk about. So we felt like we needed to bring bring you a fucking baseball podcast. I'm excited to talk February. baseball. I'm excited yeah. to talk baseball. It's time. And I hope. Guess what? I'm optimistic. We're going to be back next week, going through and telling everyone what really happened with the agreement that was signed. So opening day did not get delayed. Well, let, let's. I'll, I'll shoot down your optimism with some, it's some not, of my own pessimism. It's not the beer talking. No, I swear. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now, here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty. That is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, like I said, we are... <laughs> At day 85, 84, whatever it is of the lockout, uh, the players and owners are meeting on a daily basis now. Daily. Uh, The first 80 days of the lockout, they chose to meet only seven times (laughs) over that period. I think that added up to maybe a total of an hour, maybe two hours. Yeah, there there were somewhere they met for like, like, hey, what's it was almost like you like you ran into an old friend on the street and then parted ways. That was like the extent of the meeting. Uh, I mean, every time they came out of those meetings, it was either they one side was saying they're unimpressed. The other (laughs) side was saying they're underwhelmed. And that's essentially the same news we're getting every day out of these uh, ramped up meetings this week. Everyone is either unimpressed or underwhelmed. Uh, I guess I'm not too surprised. I mean, again, we've talked about this forever. It's the shit show to end all shit shows. And all those S's are actually dollar signs because this is all about money. Money, money, Um, money. Called this for three years. the, The battle between millionaires and billionaires that no one gives a shit about other than those parties involved. Uh, you know, we've heard uh, rumblings that there will be a universal DH. We've yes. heard, uh, what else? Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank already on the, the little progress we did have, but. Uh, wasn't it, ex- they they added playoffs, right? No, not yet. That that, oh, comes, not down, yet. That's, that okay. comes down to revenue, actually. So oh, right, right. They can't right, add that. Right, 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 right. 
Um, um, they added a draft lottery, which uh, right now it's either between the worst three teams or the worst or the four worst. teams to, to address, um, you know, competitive play of you know, unfair or, you know, teams that aren't trying to play, <laughs> play to I, win. Uh, they're trying to address that, which is a cool thing, I guess. I thought the players, though, want eight teams, which they lowered to seven today. So, yeah. So we're, we're between three, folks, it's between three and seven. That, that one feels like we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Well, and that seems to be the syndrome of this entire negotiation because it, we I started, mean, we started here. Now we're here. Well, I mean, to, <laughs> to kind of quantify that for people on a podcast and, and not on a oh, video. Oh, yeah. For, sorry, you can't. For those of you who can't visualize it, I've moved my hands uh, from five inches apart to 4.95 inches apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like, I mean, if just to put in random numbers, uh, you know, if they're a million dollars apart, a hundred million dollars apart, it seems yeah. like the owners will come to the players with a deal that's put some $95 million. Apart. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the players will come back or vice versa. will come back with a deal that puts them $110 million apart because they're pissed off about it. So we just keep, you know, taking maybe a tiny step forward and it steps backwards just because there's so much acrimony and they're just not interested in, in getting anything done at this point. The, the reason they're meeting every day this week is because they've set the arbitrary deadline that we will start to lose uh, we will lose opening day if we can't get an agreement by February 28th. Yes, we are February. five days away, folks. Five days away. So that is where this this uh, false sense of urgency is coming from. That That's to get a full 30 days of spring training. Um, actually, it wouldn't even be. It'd be two weeks, you know, ten, seven to 10 days probably to get everyone into camp, all the free agents signed, uh, and then start spring training. So it's probably a couple weeks there, but you know, there, there, I think that's still kind of an arbitrary day. I believe opening day is supposed to be March 31st. So that's where the 30 yeah. days comes from. It, it seems players are in the areas though. So, uh, some yeah. players are like, in, they've, they've like moved. They're like in Arizona. A lot of I think players already. I think it's more the business side of it where the, all those hundred plus free agents need to get. Yeah, signed. exactly. Yeah. That you're hundred percent correct. That's, that's going to be the, the madness. Well, that's this flips. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking blast when we have, when we do actually get an agreement, cause it's going to be fucking crazy how that's going to play out. Just similar to the arbitrary defense, December 1st deadline that we saw the free agent frenzy happening in late November. That was fun to watch. So that's something to, to look forward to if we can finally navigate through all this shit. But um, uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I mean, I have, I have in front of me cause Jeff Passan posted this at four Oh six today after they met today. Here's, here's, this is sit back, relax and chuckle. This is what we're off on the CBT. They're apart by $31 million. CBT is by the way, collective or it's the competitive uh, balance, balance tax, tax which yeah. is also referred to as a luxury tax, which I, right. that's what I normally call it. So I, they, 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 I don't know why there's two terms for the same thing, but that's what that is. The, that, and then, by the way, that's the only that was, I was going to get to that in a minute, but that's the only ahead. thing that matters. Everything else they're talking about doesn't matter. All the even all the money issues, none of that matters because what, what the other money issues are cutting up the same 
pot. Right, right, exactly. What the players are trying to do, to raising the CBT or the luxury tax, makes it a bigger pie. So, you know, everything else is basically bullshit. You know, you can, they can keep arguing about those things over and over again, but it's still they're arguing over how to slice up that same sized pie, whether, whether it's the uh, younger players or older players or how that works out is, you know, the big name players or the minimum salary players. It's still going to be limited by that, that luxury tax, uh, the de facto salary caps. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's it's amazing to me that that hasn't even been broached in these negotiations because it is the most important thing. So they can't, you know, they can try to work out all this other stuff, but it it doesn't matter unless they expand that that luxury tax. The other problem, that, the other thing that the owners have done that is disgusting to me is they've actually they they may have rate in some of their proposal they may have sm, you know give it a small increase to the CBT. But the penalties for going over that are more severe in their new system. So there's even less of an uh, opportunity for, you know, we, we've seen teams go over one or two years over the over the threshold and pay the pay the tax. But now the the punitive measures would be such that I don't think you'd ever see a team go over necessarily. Or yeah. if they do, it would be very briefly. It wouldn't be as lenient as you've seen now. So a de facto salary cap becomes a real salary cap. Right. which is what the players have been fighting against all along. So if they're going to agree to that, it has to be a much higher number, uh, closer to what the players propose, like $245 million, I think, is, right. is the last one I saw. And the, and the owners are around, well, right around what it's been, 210 208 I, to $212? I thought, I thought it was automatically like going up this year. I think, I think with the $30 million difference... So like just doing the math, I think it's going to be, I think it was going to be around 220-ish or something. Well, I'm not positive, but. Yeah. It, regardless, it needs to go up considering revenues have increased, you know, and considering, you know, just everything, inflation and everything else. It needs Wait, to go up. revenues increased with the <laughs> biblical proportions that yeah. owners have lost? I mean, that's, that's straight out of this. That, that's down the, that's about 20 minutes from where I'm at right now. I know there's biblical losses over there. In fact, I've I've seen the Red Sea part over there. It's weird, but um, to Smitty's point, the the next two numbers I'm going to give out don't really matter because it's all coming out of the same pie. But things that are worth mentioning because these are things that are are pushed out to the press to make us. Make, make those who don't really understand everything that's going on that Smitty uh, perfectly explain. Mm. Uh, look Let's at see. look could divert divert us to other things. So the pre arbitration bonus, they're off by ninety five million dollars on that. So right. that that's a that's a huge issue. And then minimum salary is all the way down to only one hundred thirty five k off. So that's something I think if if you get that CBT within striking distance which i honestly believe i don't know how you feel about this i kind of think they can get 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 that number cut in half we can get a deal done i don't know how long are they are they required to have a five-year deal or can they just do it for three years if they want to they do can anything do they want work. yeah they can do anything they collectively want collectively so, bargain whatever the two so, parties yeah. agree to is is what it is and you know they and they they have more time well, they they have they said February twenty eighth is the deadline, but 
because they don't want to miss opening day. The problem is the owners have no problem missing the opening day because well, they're going to forfeit pay and stuff like that. Well, the players will forfeit pay. Uh, they'll, they'll be apparently losing $20 million a day collectively, which I did the math on that. There's a yeah, look at there's, you. there's 1200, uh, major league players, you know, 40, 40 man roster players. Uh, they, that's about $17,000 a day per player. Of course, that's, uh, not proportional yeah. since uh, Max Scherzer is going to be losing a hell of a lot more than a lot of other people will per I day. I mean, he showed, be all his, right. he showed up in his Porsche today. So uh, the problem is, I'm not worried about him. The way this works out is the owners aren't going to lose a dime if we nope. lose a few weeks. They they will. You, I mean, technically they will. They'll lose opening day revenue and however many days after that. But you know, March 31st is not an optimal time to go watch baseball. The first few weeks of April are not. And the owners, uh, you know, they can they can give up a few games where there'd be 10, 15,000 people in the crowd. Uh, they're not too concerned about that, especially when they're trying to negotiate expanded playoffs. And that playoffs. is where the owners will make anything they lose off these first few weeks. If we don't get a uh, get to opening day, they will make all that back. And then some if they they're, they're proposing a 14 team playoff between just literally gate revenue, uh, but mainly television revenue, which yep. is incredible levels of revenue that do not go to the players whatsoever. Uh, that me- that money is all to the owners for, for playoff share, for playoff revenue. So uh, that is why I'm, I'm a little bit pessimistic, as you might be optimistic. I- I'm pessimistic to that because the owners have no interest in uh negotiating quickly because they don't give a fuck about these first couple weeks yeah, that, that's, as long that's, as they get covered on the back end that's the as most people are um they yeah i agree that's something i didn't really consider uh when i made my comments earlier but you're right well i appreciate uh, your optimism I, we need to have some optimism i, I mean on this podcast, i just so. i just feel like uh, i get, never mind i always i'm always like i always give the owners just a little too much credit that they actually give a shit about people like you and I, the the people no. that, but they have so much. I think what a lot of people don't realize is them owning a baseball team is just a small portion of their fucking portfolio. That's and that's what I was just gonna bring up. These are toys to yeah. most owners. If you think about the Ricketts, you know that that is you know Tom Ricketts' baby, but you know his family is from Ameritrade. Yeah, uh, which is a multi-billion-dollar corporation. They're going to be fine no matter what happens with a couple games in April for the Cubs, one way or the other. You know, I mean, the last the last time we covered, like, they were like the number eight or something richest family in yeah. all of the U.S. So. I mean, I'll, I'll take it to the Tigers. The Illich family does not make their money from the Tigers and the Red Wings. They make their money from pizza, from shitty pizza, Little Caesars. From shitty pizza is correct. Congratulations to them. People love shitty pizza. So, but you could go throughout through all the owners across Major League Baseball. Yeah, these are not. They're not concerned about a little bit of revenue from a few weeks in April or even maybe longer. They are. They're. They have the war chest to wait this out, which is just. 
depressing and I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to bring us down anymore, but yeah, maybe we should well move this forward. Then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's, you mentioned the uh, minimum salaries and other, other kind of minutia and that brings and the us, draft lottery shit, but, but that brings yeah. us to one of my favorite segments that always makes me laugh. Bob's bad tweets. Hey, Bobby over here. <laughs> Bob. Oh, Bob. Bob. Not great, Bob. Ah, yes. He had a doozy a couple weeks ago trying to describe this minutiae to you. Probably, he's probably doing a better job than you and I, but it's, it's at least fun to, to, fun to make fun of a professional journalist that co- covers this for his livelihood as opposed to a couple of jackasses like us that just got to... Get on the get on a podcast every so often. So I didn't what did Bob think, tell us? Well, I didn't think I think Bob somehow has a special account where he can go over the word limit on a on a tweet too, because like it's like a novella. So let me uh <laughs> everyone sit back, grab your uh blankie and uh, cozy up to the yeah, fire. Take your take your time reading this because this yeah. is hard to decipher. <clears throat> All right. And I'm only going to pause where he put the commas and periods. Okay. <laughs> I will read it in Bob speak. MLB's proposal for 130 pages covering the entire CBA, raising the minimum salary to 630 million and the CBT to 222 million in 2026. Wait, wait, each player's minimum salary is three times the CBT. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, who's arguing if the if the owners are trying to tell the players, well, your minimum salary is going to be 600 plus million dollars a year? Wait, it gets better. Signed. The union, I mean, these greedy fuckers, they, the union's last offer was $775 million for the minimum salary. Well, now they're just being greedy. Yeah. And that I would six, agree with. If they're asking for $775 million a year as the minimum, that is being greedy. The damn greedy players. And $645 million for the CBT. So, yes, spring training will be delayed until further notice. No. Well, I think uh, Bob got his M's and K's screwed up as he's talking about thousands instead of mil- he should have been talking about thousands instead of millions. But it was oh just, my god, that tweet was earlier in February. It was quickly deleted, I believe. But uh, but we it have did, it. We it have certainly it. made the rounds, and I was able to take a screenshot of it. And that was yes. uh, too much to not not revive one of our favorite segments. Bob's bad tweets. Bob's bad tweets. But all, all this acrimony uh, leads to, well, I heard some conversations, uh, including Bruce Levine, of course, on inside the clubhouse every Saturday on the score. That's, I mean, it's, I'm not a huge fan of Bruce Levine, but it's one of my favorite shows. Just a, it's a baseball show every Saturday throughout the year. It's something to remind me of how much I love this sport. Uh, so I, I put up with Bruce. He had an interesting idea a couple weeks ago, though, he, and he, it was it kind of went off an idea that you and I talked about briefly is and it's not all that original. But, you know, these two sides are arguing back and forth. But the real people that have the money behind all of this is us, the fans. And we, he he felt like we do that. We should have a seat at this bargaining table because we're we're an equally interested party in all of this, uh, both with our enthusiasms and our pocketbooks. So Bruce, Bruce proposed that there become an organization called the MLB F.A., uh, Major League Baseball Fan Association, which I thought was interesting. But I, I think I have a much better name for that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, where the fans would be represented. I, I'm calling it FUBAR. Fans <laughs> United for Baseball Against Rob. 
Manfred. Oh, apprentices. That, so, yes, yes. Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll be working on that. I think we are all united against Rob as uh, he has proven himself. Uh, that's be... that's going to be a great T-shirt that I'm going to own. <laughs> He's proven himself to be a liar as he is the owner's lawyer and not the commissioner of baseball as I will never refer to him ever again. Uh, he is doing his job as the owner's lawyer. Just He should never be calling himself baseball's commissioner. He is uh, staying out of this, though, hasn't he, or something? He hasn't oh, been yeah. in any of these meetings, apparently. I don't. I, yeah, I really haven't paid much too close of attention to any of the details this week. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm burned out. None of it means anything until they have an agreement. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll take out my frustrations uh, with a design for the FUBAR t-shirts. Uh, Love it. That work, working Get on Rob's that. diastema into that somehow, the big gap between his front teeth. That'll be fun to do. But that leads me to another one of our favorite segments, and that would be our anti-hero of the week. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Say my name. And you will know my name is the Lord. Okay, And we have a doozy this week. Anti-hero, actually, uh, as Pete is showing on the video now, uh, the flagship beer of our sponsor, Revolution Brewing. Uh, uh, so good. So good. I'm going to take a sip right now. My favorite IPAs in the nation. I am jealous. I have none here right now, but uh, enjoy. That's why you got to get, get into town, man. But our anti-hero of the week kind of works along the same lines and kind of... Uh, is uh expresses the way that you and i and most baseball fans feel and that is one goose gossage who went on a rant this week and i'm not sure exactly what what show he was on or where this came from but you have the quote over there that was just yeah too, too priceless not to not to bring up this week he he, he uh, singled out two two folks in this uh quote um and here we go uh, this is this is great. Goose, Goose was Goose. Goose was on the White Sox. I know. Was he on the Cubs at, too at one point? Did he ever? Do I don't remember Cubs him did? on the Cubs necessarily. I mean, I really, yeah, really I really never I, paid I, too much. I always think of him as a Yankee or possibly a Padre. Yeah, right, exactly. Mainly because Kurt Gibson he, hit the uh, World Series clinching home run off of him in 1984. Oh boy, famous Sparky Anderson quote: "He don't want to walk you. He ain't gonna walk you. <laughs> Swing away." Um, anyways, let me get to this quote then so we can stop this rhetoric. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Goose had this to say, I want to throw Yankees Brian Cashman in a trash can and punch MLB's Rob Manfred in the nose. <laughs> He's going to punch him in the nose. Oh my God. I was dying laughing. Uh, there were way more swear words. Did you delete yeah. all the expletives? Um, this was, by the way, this was, uh, you, I, you, did you? This is a conversation with Nightingale. Oh, okay, that's where uh, so that came a, from. It's a perfect. Uh, it, it was a perfect. Uh, this is this is the article I've pulled up. It doesn't have. Uh, doesn't. Damn oh, it! No, should... here you go. Here you okay. go. Okay. Here's the expanded one. I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> you know how much I hate him. I called Hall of Fame chairman Jane Forbes Clark before the induction last year and said, Jane, I don't know where you stand with this guy, but I may punch Rob Manfred right in the fucking nose and splatter his fuck fucking nose all over his fucking face right in the lobby of your hotel. There's the full quote. There we go. That's that's what I was looking for. That was the goodness yes. right there. Thank you. 
Well, like I said, I think I think Goose expressed uh, exactly what how we are all feeling. So that's what is making him our anti-hero of the week. Yes, yes. He's not the hero we wanted or expected, but he's the one we needed. Yes. Thanks, Goose. Thank you, Goose. You know, I, I think we need to work on, uh, Smitty and I talked about this, little teaser for you guys. I think we're going to start working on our, since we love the Hall of Fame so much, we're going to work on our anti-hero Hall of Fame. So uh, mm. we'll be, that, I think the off season's a good time to do some of that. So well, we might have plenty of off season left to go, but ah, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is uh, there are minor league players reporting to spring training. Yes. And a lot of those players include some of the top prospects in baseball that happen to be with my Detroit Tigers. Marky Anderson has joined us. First of all, how do you feel? I feel great, Mark, but let me tell you this. I'm stupid. Chris just grabbed a nacho. I think he took somebody's nacho. He's doing us up. Get out a little mid-game snack. Magnum P.I., right? Use him for an example, right? Here he is. He carries a Detroit hat around. He's talked about me on the show. And Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell go on the show. Why doesn't someone say, how come we don't have Mark Fittich on the show? The number three and number four prospects, according to Baseball America, uh, Spencer Torkelson and uh, Riley Green, amongst others, are reporting to Tigers Camp in Lakeland. Uh, Keith Law had those same two players ranked number four and number five. So there's multiple sources giving those those two players uh, top five rankings and uh, as prospects in all of baseball, which I don't remember seeing that from any of our teams since probably what Chris Bryant and uh, Kyle Schwarber. I'm not sure if the if the White Sox did you have two in the top five at the same time or they got called up at different times, so they're probably. Yeah, sure. because Mankata is number one. Right, I remember that. I don't remember if he had a top five at the same time, but it, it's it's kind of a, a rare thing. Um, so that that was interesting. You know, we do get to see. Uh, well, Keith Law mentioned that he thinks Torkelson should be the opening day starter, and that is music to my ears because everything I heard was that Riley Green was actually ahead of him in their uh, progression. So Riley Green might be. Manning center field uh, pretty early in into the season, whenever it does start followed. Well, now if the service time uh, stuff well, doesn't get worked out, yeah, maybe uh, we won't see them for 14 yeah, days. That could be a whole different <laughs> paradigm. But, uh, those two will be followed closely by Dylan Dingler or Dirk Diggler, as we like to Oof, call him. Yes. Prospect uh, number ding, two, ding, ding, ding. Second, second round draft pick in the 2020 draft for the Tigers. So, uh, Jackson Job is actually a uh, first round draft pick from last year, a uh, high schooler that no one's ever seen him throw a pitch in professional baseball. So that's something we could see at least in, in practice uh, as they won't be doing inter intra or no, they'll be doing intra Scott intra squad scrimmages, but not playing games between teams, I guess. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer, but at least you're seeing players in uniform down there. Uh, essentially, anyone that's not on the 40-man roster for all teams will be in camp. So uh, for teams that are interested that have a, a growing farm system, this is at least a little bit of entertainment and a little bit of news uh, to keep us keep us satiated for a bit. Uh, current Tigers uh, doing some talking in the media over the last couple weeks. 
Uh, Casey Mize, breakout starting pitcher, uh, commented that he thinks making the playoffs is too low of a goal for these Tigers, these 2022 Tigers. Oh, yeah. He, he thinks winning the World Series should be their goal. And I, I, I think it's that should every be That should be everybody's goal. Well, really, the, the idea in Detroit now is, you know, baby steps. We, you know, we were not even 500 this past year, but this the last five months of the season were so encouraging that, you know, a lot of people think play, the playoffs are a reasonable expectation. And that's that's kind of where I'm at, but that's where Casey says that's bullshit. He wants to shoot for the World Series, which I like it. It's all talk, of course, um, but I like to hear it. like to hear it out of young players. Similar sentiments came from future Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera this week. Uh, where he thinks that uh, the Tigers owe the city of Detroit and all Tiger fans a world championship. He, f- he feels that obligation that it is owed upon them uh, to get to get that that trophy into Detroit once again. So I like that kind of talk too. I mean, they are getting respect. They're only plus forty five hundred to win the World Series, which puts them about fifteen. That's, on the list. That's pretty high. I would, yeah, I think they'd be in the twenties at least. But the Sox are five at plus eleven hundred. I could saying. see that. Seems reasonable. Uh, other Tigers news is they formally announced that Lou Whitaker, Sweet Lou. Uh, sorry to go back in the past again for you, but you're gonna have to deal with it for another another couple minutes as I get back uh, to 1984. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Lou, uh, who I have gone on many diatribes in this podcast, should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the fact that he has a higher career WAR than Derek Jeter. Uh, was he unanimously, or he was one yes. vote shy of being? Oh, no, he was one unanimous. vote shy. We made fun of like whoever yes. was the one voter, and then everyone, you know, cried a river for him not being unanimous. But yeah. for him to be Ooh. elected unanimously, and for Sweet Lou Whitaker, uh, I don't think he ever got above ten percent, uh, simply because he didn't play in New York. Uh, he will have his number retired in Comerica Park uh, on August sixth of this year. Well, hopefully, we're playing. Nice. Yeah, hopefully nice. we're playing baseball yeah. by then. His number yeah. one will be forever retired. And there's a, they have a big uh, display out in center field and the brick wall out there where numbers are placed. So that'll look good seeing the number one out there. They were they actually announced this back in 2019, but of course that got scuttled by a global pandemic and everything else. So. Now it will actually happen on August 6th if we're playing baseball. So I'm, I'm hoping we are playing baseball by then. Uh, we will be. We will be. You will be. Um, I think that's all I have for oh. the Tigers. Let me jump over to my Chicago Cubs, if you don't mind. Yeah, if we have to. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Who stings? And another thing I'm going to say. I've won over 1,800 games in the manager, and I'm not a damn dumb. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Well, of course, there's not much no, uh no news on the field, but there is plenty of news around Wrigley Field that you may or may not have heard of. It's been about a month since we did this podcast last, so there's a lot of this stuff that's a little bit old. But Wrigley Field will be getting new LED lights to shine on the outfield. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this. You've been, I'm sure you've watched your share of Cubs games, or you've probably even been to some night games there, but it is the darkest outfield in all of baseball. 
mainly because they have lights that were put up in famously uh, 8888. Actually, it was 8988 where they finally uh, were used. Turned them on. Yeah, because it was a rain delay or rain, rain out, canceled yeah. the night the night before. But uh, those lights are from 1988, and there's only a bank of two lights that are on the concourse. There's not a almost all outfields across the majors have lights that are in the outfield as well, and the Cubs have never had that. So the center, you know, center field can be a dark place, and especially you notice it if you're sitting in the bleachers, how dark it can be out there, and. You, You'll definitely notice if you're flipping between games on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and you flip over to a Cubs game, you see how much darker the outfield is compared to others. Well, they're finally remedying, remedying that with LED lights that are much, much brighter than the halogen bulbs they have out there now. So they can also do lots of fun, interesting yeah, patterns and stuff. It's cool. As well. It's cool. I mean, You've got those I at like Sox that. Park, don't yeah, you? Yeah. How long have you... Last year or year before, maybe, or do you know when? Um, I, I I feel like they put them in on the COVID year, but no yeah, one really got to right. appreciate them. Um, just on TV, so it it's 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 kind of cool. So when the home run gets hit at night, it's pretty freaking cool. So, well, my Lansing lug nuts are also installing LED lights this year, so the, the lug nuts are keeping up with the Cubs in that regard. <laughs> We've got our <laughs> own LED light show that I've been making all sorts of. Uh, uh, different presentations for to sell sponsorship and get people fired up about our light show coming to coming to Jackson Field here in Lansing, Michigan. So the Cubs are not far behind. Uh, other things the Cubs are doing around Wrigley Field, or uh, I heard they're doing some brick pavers now in the concourse. It's not just going to be a Ooh, concrete floor, and it's uh, like how exciting! Yeah, is this really what we're doing? These are really the the final parts of the lo- the long term project 1060, uh, all the renovations to Wrigley Field. Uh, this these are the final final pieces of that puzzle that should be complete. I mean, our, game. how could a team that had biblical proportion of losses um, afford brick pavers for their Concourse. Well, funny you should bring that up because I'll tell you how. Okay. The other renovation going on at Wrigley Field is the building of the DraftKings oh, Sportsbook. Right. That's right. How right yeah, there. Perfect. I'm not, I'm not sure what gate that is. It's outside gates, whatever is on the corner of Sheffield and Addison there by the sports corner. Uh, that is now going to be the DraftKings Sportsbook. It was many things over the years. It's like a Captain Morgan's bar for a while. Oh, it's it's replacing the Captain Morgan statue. Yeah, that, well, bar. that's okay. well, that well, was kind actually, of torn it was down. Already, it was already something else anyway, wasn't it? That was torn down. It was kind of temporary anyway, and that so that was kind of an open space. But what was affected were the statues of Billy Williams and Ron Santo that used to reside. Those have been moved into storage in no. favor of this uh, casino, of course, essentially, of course, a sports yes. book. So yes, yes, if, yes, yes. If that isn't symbolic of exactly where the Cubs' priorities are, I don't know what is. Uh, moving the, the, the few statues they do have around Wrigley Field. They're not even relocating them around the field. I thought they'd be able to find another place, you know, in the, you know, around either with the bleacher entrance or back around the, the whole brick area around the front entrance or the new park outside. I forget the name of that sponsored area, but uh, no, they can't. They just have to store the statues of Ron Santo and Billy Williams in favor of this fucking casino, essentially. But 
uh, sponsored by DraftKings, so that's where they will they will be paying for all this uh, brick pavers and LED lights and everything else, and also making up for any revenue we might be they might be missing at the beginning of the season if they if we don't get opening day or miss a few weeks or more. So uh, you could they'll I'm sure that sports book will be open uh, or they'll be counting that revenue at some point uh, while they're gambling on other sports if baseball is not being played. So. I'm curious. I don't know much about sports books. I didn't get to go to the your Vegas trip. Uh, I know you are a, a fan. Are you a FanDuel guy or a DraftKings guy? FanDuel. Okay, FanDuel. So, same same difference. I was going to say, does that make? Do you know, have you ever, ever been to? A, I'm sure DraftKings sponsors many sports books across the country. Well, I've, I've only been to sports books in Vegas. So. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I imagine. I was wondering it's if there's exactly a per- the same. Well, I'm wondering if there's a perk for being a DraftKings person. You know, if you, if that's the app you prefer, if there's an there's a perk for doing that at the DraftKings sportsbook, or no, if it limits you I, on what FanDuel can do there. I don't know how that works, but maybe I'm making shit up. But no, I think it's like you just place a bet there, and then you can go there to collect the money versus you know it coming in the app and waiting for a few days for it to show up in your bank account. Oh, I, I think it's, it's more instant gratification. Yeah, I kind of, that's the thing I don't, yeah, I guess that's that makes the thing. Sense. I, but that's the thing I am not understanding about, about this model. Like, I could care less. Well, I'm betting like $5. So what do I fucking care? But like, if you and I are at a Cubs game together, I'm not getting up. If I get the urge to place a bet or something, I'm not getting up from my fucking seat to walk down to the DraftKings. Well, thing. I'm just going to do it from my seat. I think this is meant for in games and also year round. Like, no, it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be open year round. So, I, I mean, the que- have you seen a layout of it? I'm, I no, mean, I I, I, I've got to assume they're going to make it like a regular sports book where they got like big TV set up and you can get right. drinks there and, and shit just, like that. It's just another revenue stream, essentially a, another kick-ass sports bar, but that they own instead of the ones across the street. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that was wasn't that most recently. It's coming to mind now. It was called Legends or something, wasn't it? After they closed Captain Morgan Club, it was called like Legends Bar or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't remember that, but it's possible. Yeah. So, and DraftKings essentially then is just a a, a corporate sponsor. It could be anybody. Right. It could be it could be right. WinTrust or it could be uh, outside of the fact that they'll be able to take live betting there. So sure, sure. So yeah. Well, like I said, that just tells you where where the Cubs' priorities are. And uh, another thing that points to that is the Marquee Network, which I haven't had a whole lot to report on any Marquee uh, Network drama, which used to be one of my favorite segments. I mean, I'm glad you're talking about it because those are usually some of our biggest uh, viewed and, and listened to uh, segments. So. Yeah, it got us kicked off of YouTube because we got busted for false advertising, apparently, possibly. Yes. Uh, for trying to tell people how to hack <laughs> the, the, the marquee There's network. There's so many possibilities on why we got kicked off of YouTube initially. Well, the, I- the idea that it could be false advertising that we told people how to, that the headline was how to hack the marquee <laughs> network and then we didn't really give any hacking tips just practical things on how to do it uh, made me laugh, but we're back on YouTube under a, under a different name now, but in the hole instead of major league a-holes, but they can't keep us down. Uh, they also, according to the New York post, can't keep the marquee network down as 
they reported about a month ago now. Again, it's been a while since we did this podcast, so this is a little bit of old news, and it may have changed already. Uh, New York Post is reporting that the Marquee Network is in, uh, and Sinclair is actually their owner. Uh, it was, uh, the Cubs are a part ownership. They have an ownership stake in Marquee Network, but it is mainly run by Sinclair. Uh, they're trying to move uh, the Marquee Network as an on-demand streaming app. Uh, where people can now use that app and actually watch Cubs games on it without a cable subscription. Well, that's what they should do. Well, that's what we've been talking about all along. It's just all politics and you know who controls the money and MLB and Rob Manfred and everybody else getting their, getting their fingers in things where all, every fan wants to be able to go a la carte and just download an app and be able to watch the game anywhere they want at any time on any device. And it appears that Sinclair is working on this, not just for Marquee Network. Sinclair also owns basically basically all of the regional sports networks across the country. They they run they run the cable cable channels for all basically every major league team that you see on TV locally. That Sinclair has has I believe it's eighty percent of the teams in Major League Baseball are somehow involved with Sinclair. So this would be for everybody. Uh, specifically, Marquee is set up perfectly to do this because they already have their own network. They have their own app that would just add functionality to it. You'd get an update and then you'd pay uh, whatever it is per month and you could watch Cubs games anywhere, everywhere, anywhere, on any device. So that of course is uh, I'm sure that's not going to happen this year. The post was reporting it could happen this season, but like I said, there's so much red tape to be cut and there's so many other things. Uh, I doubt that's necessarily going to happen, but if that happens for the Cubs, that happens for everybody. That's not just going to be, it might not happen in the same time, but that, that, that's good news for everybody. That, that means for the White Sox, you'll be able to, you know, whether it's Comcast, you know, whatever it's called now, is it NBC Sports Chicago? So yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be the big question. The, you know, similar things will happen in Detroit, but it'll happen everywhere. If, if the Cubs can do it, everyone can do it eventually. So I thought that was good news. It's not just Cubs news necessarily, but... Um, Again, I'm I'm the pessimist. I don't see that happening this year, as the post was very optimistic that it could. And development developments may have already shifted to the point where that's not a possibility for this year. But it's something to keep an eye on because it's something we all want. It's something that makes sense for everybody. It makes sense for baseball, even long term. You know, it might mean some different people get money up front that that didn't have it before, or other places are losing money that didn't have it before that had constant revenue from that. But in general, baseball will grow from this if everyone gets what they want. If they get, if fans can watch games anytime, anywhere, on any device, that's only going to grow the game. It makes it better for everybody. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail and that'll that'll happen. That's all I have for the Cubs this week. Uh, I think you didn't have any have much for the White Sox, but you did have some Giants you wanted to talk about briefly. Next question. Next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box and go three for four. Eight RBIs. Gahim. Well, we've got, you know, uh, similar to the Tigers, the Giants are um, having some special days ahead. 
Um, one uh, recently retired Buster Posey is going to just have a Buster Posey day on May 8th. No uh-huh. retirement of number, but May 8th uh, possibly could be the first day of the season. His, <laughs> there's going to be a May 8th uh, Buster Posey uh, honor him I wonder for if there's a bobblehead or his his great career. There's no real detail. There's a com- commemorative items and other festivities. Oh, okay. So we'll see what that is. In um, the 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 Giants had teased this one out, which is kind of funny, uh, and and we didn't know what it was going to be here. Smitty had alerted uh, me, and I later saw it that day on Twitter that. They had a big announcement coming on a Tuesday. For some reason, baseball likes to announce things on Tuesdays. Um, And it was that Will the Thrill Clark, number Mm. 22, is having his number retired on July 30th. And there'll be a whole pregame ceremony and whatnot. I went to the... Is he number 22? uh, Yeah. He's number 22. I went to the Paul Canerco uh, retirement ceremony. It was kind of fun. It was... Finally, at one point, you're just like, "Can we start the fucking game already?" But, um, but uh, it was it was it was a fun little day. So, nice. those are that that's that's really all uh, for Giants news. Outside of a funny story, which may or may not have been a Giants fan. It, well, I think this. Let me. I'm sorry to break you break in here, yeah. but I think I can make an audible here, and I think we can call this guy our asshole of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. Yeah, that's true. We can call this our asshole of the week. Without a doubt. Um, Someone in uh, OJ fashion in a Bronco... A white of, Bronco. A white Bronco. Instead of driving slowly down the uh, down a California highway, no, he drove wildly around Petco Park, rooting the outfield essentially, like just tracking it. He somehow like, got into the outfield with his white Bronco and just just did a lawn job throughout the outfield. Well, I think this guy beautiful is, Petco Park. I think this guy's essentially ruined it for any visitor to San Diego now. And I'll tell you how he got onto the field. Cause I have been there when there's not a game. Oh, okay. They basically it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's probably the most built into downtown um, ballpark I've ever witnessed to the point of when the park, when there's not a game going on, they open the the set of gates because you or they leave these set of gates open because you need it to like walk through to other parts of the city and on a on a off, it was off season I was able to walk up and walk into the outfield uh, wow. seat seating area on a non game day that's <laughs> that's how this park is built super cool that's crazy for anyone who's not an asshole <laughs> yeah. The problem is the world is full of assholes, as we enumerate once per week on this podcast, at least in the baseball world. Folks, if you have not seen this, you need to look it up. It is ridiculous. And uh, Smitty, of course, on Twitter tagged me and was like, is this a Giants fan? And, you know, it could have been could have been a Dodgers fan. You don't know. 
Hard to say. A disgruntled, say. disgruntled Padres fan. It's yeah, maybe, maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it's Goose Gossage. He's, he's pissed <laughs> off at the whole situation. Had to take it out on Petco Park. And I said, "Fuck these fucking Padres for fucking blowing the season last year." <laughs> yeah, that's that was so, a rough year. I could I could see some angst. So yeah, it's yeah, hard to is, say where that the, where that idea and acrimony came from. But I think yeah. we can say the white Bronco driver at Petco Park is safely our asshole of the week. No doubt. Uh, I think we're staying West Coast, right, buddy? Yeah, I think we'll finish the show with a little bit of Oakland A's news, my fucking A's. I mean, he's the kind of guy who walks into a room, his dick has already been there for two minutes. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Holy Toledo! I'm just saying, girlfriend is a six at best. Fucking A. Unfortunately, it's some pretty sad news with uh, the death of Jeremy Giambi, former Oakland A, former, boy, how many teams did he play for? 13, 13 teams? Or I something. know. It's hard to believe he was never on the White Sox. He seemed like a perfect fit for, for those days when he was yeah. playing. Brother of famous Jason Giambi. Uh, they were both uh, pretty obvious steroid abusers uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, uh, Jeremy Jambi passed away last week or two weeks ago. Uh, it ended up being a suicide, I think, was the, the cause of death, which is sad. 47 years old. Um, I guess beyond being uh, being with the A's and a fairly significant part of uh, the movie Moneyball, I knew who he was back in 1997, uh, strangely enough, because he was a Lansing Lugnut. Uh, he may have been an original... Lugnut started in 96. I'm not sure if he was on the team in 96, but I'm pretty sure he was there in 97. That's where I remember first hearing his name because he was a beast with, with the Lugnuts. Uh, at that point, it was a low-A baseball team. He was pounding home runs out of Oldsmobile Park. Uh, very uh, very steroids-era physique. It was obvious he was a weightlifter. Uh, we didn't know too much about steroids necessarily at the time. Uh, so, and, or how, if they had proliferated down into the minor leagues, even at that point, but it was obvious they had, uh, but he was, he held, he holds, uh, several lug nuts records, at least here locally, uh, that I don't know if they have asterisks next to, or <laughs> how we handle that, but, um, but yeah, I guess I'm making a light of a, a sad situation. I don't know that the steroid abuse or drug abuse or anything had had anything to do with his ultimate demise, but I would not be surprised. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've got on that. I don't know. Um, the only other thing with the A's is there was a, a survey, a fan survey posed by the The Athletic on The Athletics. Uh <laughs> They uh, just asking fans questions about how they felt about the franchise and the direction they're going in. It, and the consensus was that the fans felt the A's were going to finish between 75 and 80 wins this year. Uh, even though they all agree that Matt Olson and Chapman will both be traded uh, amongst others as they're. I the think next- they could be coming here in a package deal. They could be coming to the South side. I would not be surprised. Um, the the fans uh, are kind of lukewarm on Mark Kotze as their manager, as much as I am. Um, you know, he's a he's a name from the past, but you know, not necessarily anything that gets you fired up about 
about the future or where, the direction they're going in, mainly because we know they're in, in the midst of a fire sale. But uh, the the interesting part of that survey came down to the Howard Terminal uh, new ballpark, the ten billion dollar project that includes more than a ballpark, includes public housing and other things, but. Um, Fans are optimistic that that will happen and that the A's will stay in Oakland. And I don't share that optimism as I've, I've talked about before. Um, that might be a, a symptom of me being so disassociated with the city of Oakland. I lived there for one year back in 2005. That's where I got my A's fandom from, but I'm not too concerned where they play baseball. Uh, so Oakland fans are going to be optimistic about that, about them being able to get that deal done. There has been a little bit of news on that where they passed some local ordinance was passed that seems to pave the way towards that happening. But I've heard that at least 10 times in this process in the last in the last year alone that they're making progress. And then it just seems like there's just another hurdle to, to jump over. That's why I think uh, they'll most likely end up in Las Vegas as uh Seems like Vegas is rolling out the red carpet for the A's to eventually relocate there. So, but uh, that's all I've got for my A's this week, and I think that's all I've got for all of Major League Baseball. Unless you had anything else for this episode ninety-two to talk about? No, there's so little going on. There's nothing I could forget. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Congratulations! I know, I know. it's a big day. Well, with that, uh, you can find us on social media at Major League A-Holes. You can find us on the web at MajorLeagueAholes.com. You can find our fancy merchandise at Aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S dot shop. And you can find this podcast and where you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to say this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Fucking Christ, it's about time! Two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. Get your mouth shut. Get your mouth shut. Jerk. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. Don't let this podcast. Just a couple of Chicago pricks united by our hatred of the University of Michigan football and the Chicago Bears. Find us at LipDitkas.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts.